Welcome to the Mavericks and Misfits podcast, where not quite fitting into the religious status quo is a good thing. Slick church trends deceive us. Denominational traditions can blind us. But truth from the heart of God always transforms us. And now, here's our host, a self-proclaimed ministry maverick and church misfit, Jeff Lyle. Hello to all my fellow Mavericks and my fellow Misfits. Grateful that you've tuned in today. Hey, how's it going? How's it going with you? How are you doing right now? What's the condition of your heart? What's going on in your soul? Where's your mind? Um, You've taken time to uh, stop and listen to this episode today. So I know you're thinking about something and or you're needing something or you're hungry for something or you're you're maybe curious. What has the Lord got prepared for me? And maybe Jeff's got something that uh, he can share with me. I just love the fact that you're being proactive in your faith, that you are, um, you know, taking a moment to to receive something that could possibly help you in your soul help you in your spirit, help you in your walk with Jesus. And to me, um, I don't take for granted the fact that you could be listening to a hundred other podcasts right now and you've chosen Mavericks and Misfits. I just want to say thank you. Grateful that you've tuned in. If you're a first time listener, hey, special welcome to you. We've been doing this since uh, late 2020 and the audience base has grown and we're hearing from quite a bit of you guys. And um, it just does me real, real good deep inside to know that um, the Lord is blessing and using something as simple as a 30-minute podcast that we do twice a week. And if you are one of those people who's um, a little disenfranchised by what's going on in mainstream Christianity in America, primarily my audience is in America, but in other parts of the West, um, if you're, you're just over it, you're tired of the nonsense, you're really hungering and thirsting for something deeper, something meaningful, listen, I, I feel you. I totally get it because I've felt that way my entire Christian life. Um, And at times it's felt like a curse because you see what's lacking, what's fake, what's shallow, what's not real. And you can, if you're not careful, you can get bitter, you can get jaded. I know people that have walked away from the church because of the flaws, the sins, the failures of people within the church or leaders that are in front of the church. Um, I get it. I totally get it. But let me just go ahead and be bold with you. It is not the will of God for you to give up on the church. It's not the will of God for you to give on local churches. It's not the will of God for you to give up on, can I say it this way, Christianity. Yeah, it's always been flawed. I mean, if you read the Bible, especially the New Testament, you're going to find out that the writers are addressing problems, real serious problems among Christians, even going back to the first century. So there's never been a church that's perfect. That's what Jesus is doing. He's perfecting us. It's when we see him that we'll be like him. And until then, we're all incomplete. And so I'm just bold with people. I'm like, hey, I appreciate the fact you see what's wrong, but it doesn't take 100 spiritual gifts to walk away. Anybody can walk away. Um, What God is looking is for reformation in the church. He's looking for the people that see the problems in local churches and the problem with mainstream Christianity, and they don't walk away. I mean, good night alive. Why do you think he revealed it to you so you could just take your ball and go home? No. He he showed you what's wrong with the church because he intends for you to humble yourself and to use the wisdom and the courage that he's giving you and to do something to remedy the problem to do something to actually fix what's broken. And I say it all the time. If everybody that sees what's wrong with the church walks away, then there is no potential for solution. 
And so at Mavericks and Misfits, we don't just get in our little circle together and say, oh, we have this special insight, we see what's wrong, and we've abandoned the church. No. If God's given any kind of special insight, it's so we can press into the beloved, into the bride, into the redeemed, into the elect. We press into the church, not run away from it, and we say, hey, in humility and patience and wisdom and with listening and 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 proactive, um, you know, requesting of the Lord for grace and wisdom to know how to operate, we actually fix what's broken. And so, uh, hallelujah, I'm glad you've tuned in Mavericks and Misfits, but it's not to give you permission to walk away from what's messed up. Okay, so that's my that's my opening uh, little bitty sanctified rant today. Uh, I want to talk to you today about an important topic. Um, I think it's important, and I think that we've, we've got to get to the place where we are, um, you know, finding our peace with um, broken leadership in the church. Um, I think we need to know what to look for in a leader. Um, a lot of us, I don't think there's anybody in the church that doesn't have somebody influencing or proactively leading them. If nobody's influencing you and proactively leading you, it means you're too much of a maverick. It means you are running from uh, spiritual uh, construct and order and authority that God has invested in the kingdom. That's all there in the Bible. But what do we look for in a leader? Just because a, a man or a woman has a position of leadership in the kingdom doesn't mean they have the character that's worthy for us to follow them. And I'm going to give you one component today from Mark's gospel in chapter number 10. And I'm just going to show you how Jesus defined what kingdom leadership is. It doesn't look like the world's leadership. It doesn't look like status quo Christianity's leadership. It doesn't look like the business model that most churches are built on. And so you're ready to get convicted, especially those of you that are called to be leaders. And a lot of you are. You're called to lead. And in one sense, everybody's influencing, so everybody's leading somebody. But here's what we look for in church leaders. So the scene in Mark 10 is Jesus has just told his disciples that he's going to go to Jerusalem and die. I mean, he is being focused. He's being intentional. He's walking ahead of the disciples. They're kind of stunned because he's going right into the danger zone. They know what awaits him at Jerusalem. And matter of fact, Mark 10, 32 says those that were following him were actually afraid because Jesus is being so focused and intentional, going right into the belly of the beast, going right up to the place where the most hostility is against him. And so he gets the 12 primary disciples aside and he tells them, he's saying to them, we're going to go up to Jerusalem and they're going to deliver me to the chief priest and to the scribes, so the religious leaders, and they're going to condemn me to death and they're going to hand me over to the Romans. And the Romans are going to mock me and they're going to spit on me and they're going to beat me and they're going to whip me and then they're going to crucify me. And then Jesus says, and three days after they do that, guys, I'm going to rise from the dead. So Jesus has just, without any reservation, without any filter, has told them how he's leading. He's going to lay down his life. He's going to sacrifice himself. He's going to willingly take the rejection. He's going to willingly take the pain. He's going to willingly take the crucifixion. He's going to drink the cup of wrath from the Father. And he's going to do it all motivated by love, love primarily for the Father, love secondarily for the people that he's coming to save. And then he's going to rise again. And so right on the heels of that, right on the heels of Jesus saying, this is what it looks like to lead. You lay down yourself for the people that you lead. 
You sacrifice. You deny yourself. You're going to receive mistreatment. You're going to receive rejection. You're going to receive, at times, betrayal. Jesus is setting that up without any qualifications. He's saying, this is how I lead. This is what I endure. This is what I forecast. I know it's coming. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to sacrifice. And so he's just given that speech. And then in verse 35 of Mark 10, listen to this. James and John, excuse me, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to Jesus and said to him, Master, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And Jesus said to them, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. Now just stop there for a second. (laughs) This is us, man. This is so us. Jesus has just, I mean, literally just a verse before has said, here's what I'm willing to lay down. Here's what I'm willing to give up. Here's what I'm willing to endure. Here's what I'm going to, what it's going to cost me to fulfill the will of the father as I lead the sheep. And the very next verse says, John and James, by the way, the other gospel writers tell us that they came with their mama. So James and John and mama came to Jesus and said, Hey, can we have some special treatment in your kingdom? Matter of fact, would you mind honoring us? We would like some honor. We would like to sit at your right hand and left hand. Mama, I mean, I guess it's a good desire, but it's blind as can be. Mama actually started the conversation, and then James and John get in on it, and there's like, Mama goes up, hey, Lord, you know my boys, Jimmy and Johnny, and we would like them to have the best seats when you come into your kingdom. When you're ruling, would you please put Jimmy on the left and John on the right? That would be awesome, and James and John are like, yes, Lord, would you do that for us? Now, I guess, I guess there's a place to say at least they desire to rule and reign with Christ. They wanted to be associated with Jesus. They wanted to be with him. But it's all about their glory. They, they totally missed what he said about leadership. I mean, they completely 100% missed it. That's, they're seeing the glory of leadership. They're seeing the glory of being one of the 12. They're seeing the glory of of being affiliated with Jesus. They're seeing the glory of position, the glory of ministry, the glory of being chosen and called by God to lead in the kingdom. And they're wanting to establish their throne of glory. That's exactly what they're asking. And it's right, it's contrasted right there with Jesus just giving his heart and saying, they're going to kill me. I'm going to sacrifice myself. I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to be mocked. I'm going to be tried. I'm going to be rejected. I'm going to be handed over to the Gentile dogs. They're going to crucify me and I will rise up above it all. But I have to go through all of this in order to experience the glory. I have to go through the crucifixion to experience the resurrection. I have to pay the price in order to embrace the prize. And he's just told them that. And they're like, yeah, um, hey, about that glory thing. Can we get in on the glory? So what does Jesus say? Because that's actually probably more important. So in verse 38 of Mark 10, Jesus says this. You don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? 
Jesus says to them in verses 38 and 39, he said, or 38, he says, you guys are asking me for glory and you missed what I said. Let me take you back to what I said. Are you going to drink what I told you I have to drink? Are you going to be baptized in the fire that I am going to be baptized in? Are you going to do that? You're asking me about glory, but you are bypassing the groans. So he says, you don't know what you're talking about. And of course, he asked him, are you able to do this just like I'm going to do it? And they said to him, we are able just real quick. Oh, just, oh yeah, 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 yeah. The suffering thing. Sure. We got that. Yeah, no problem. But really Jesus, we're here to talk about the glory. And so Jesus says to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. So in other words, Jesus saying, guys, you need to slow down and understand something. I've called you to lead and I've called you to lead like I'm going to lead. And you are going to pay a very high price. All you would-be leaders out there, especially young folks that really see you've got this call on your life, you've got this pulse in your veins, you're feeling like God's going to use you, you're gifted, you're equipped, you know you've been called. That's all good. That's awesome. That's part of being called into ministry or called um, you know, to a specific assignment in the kingdom. You're going to be gifted for it. You're going to be equipped. It's going to bring you great pleasure. It will likely have great fruit. That's all awesome. But do you hear what Jesus is saying? He's saying if it's from him, it's attached to a cost. It's going to cost you. Not everybody's going to love you. You're going to be fought by the devil. You're going to be fought by the culture, and that's only going to increase. Um, the culture hates biblical Christianity, and it's going to be ratcheted up significantly and rapidly in, in upcoming months and years. It's just going to happen. And so Jesus is saying, I know when you think about your calling, you picture the glory. And Jesus is saying, stop doing that. Stop picturing yourself in the glory of leadership and ask yourself, am I willing to groan? Am I willing to die? Am I willing to pay the price? Am I willing to suffer rejection? Am I willing to be misunderstood? Am I willing to wait? I mean, some people, listen, I'm just going to get bold with you. If you can't wait on the open door that leads to your, your effective ministry being enacted, if you can't even wait, you'll definitely not be able to suffer once that door is opened. I mean, Jesus proves us with waiting. And some of us get so hungry. I remember when I was called to preach, I was called to preach four months after I was saved. And like four months and one week later, I'm like, where's my church? Why don't I have a flock? How come I'm not in a pulpit? Why is my pastor getting in my way? I could, if he'd just get out of the way, I'd be able to get up there and do what I can do. I mean, that, that complete ignorance and arrogance, what a lethal combination of ignorance and arrogance. And thinking, okay, I've got my calling now. Everybody get out of my way and let me do my thing. And I never would have said it like that, but I'm looking back now as a 50-year-old on my 24-year-old self and saying, oh my goodness, I really, really didn't know what ministry and leadership was all about. Why? Because I wanted, I wanted the fruit and the thrill of it. But before God thrills you in leadership, he will drill you for leadership. He'll put a hole in you because he can't trust proud people with kingdom leadership. And James and John were operating in pride. And Jesus says, oh, no, you, you, you're going to go through some stuff, fellas. You're going to drink the cup. You're going to be experiencing the, the baptism, the submersion and all things that break you. And then he adds this. He says, and by the way, your question about where, whether you can sit with me in my glory, he goes, he says, to sit at my right hand or at my left hand is not mine to grant, 
but it's for those for whom it's been prepared. In other words, God's already got the seating arrangement in the kingdom. He already knows who's going to be first, who's going to be last, and who's going to be in between. And we aren't to worry about that. We're not to worry about getting credit. We're not to worry about getting our name out there. It's so ungodly. Listen to me. It's so ungodly to strive to get known, to get liked, to get followed, to get your place, to get legitimized by people. Um, The younger you are, the more susceptible you are to being frustrated or wounded because somebody in current leadership hasn't made your leadership calling happen. I'm going to be honest with you. I had a few people open a few doors for me just to get me started, but pretty much every door I ever walked through in ministry came through waiting in prayer. I just had to wait. And, and, and I'm going to tell you this. If you're not faithful in the non-glorious ministry, you aren't ready to be trusted with any glorious ministry, if I can make that kind of comparison. if Jesus said it this way. If you're faithful in that which is least you'll prove to be faithful in that, which is more. And I know a lot of people that feel called to platform ministry, but they won't serve in the shadows. They won't serve the little children. They won't serve, they won't serve the elderly. They won't serve in standing at the front door and maybe handing out a bulletin at church or getting in the prayer room and just being a silent, unknown intercessor calling out for God on behalf of those that are already leading in the kingdom and serving in the kingdom. And we live in such a spotlight culture that unfortunately it's seeped into the church and people think, oh, I've got to have the platform. I've got to be on the stage. I've got to have a Sunday crowd. I've got to have a lot of likes. I've got to have, and, and it's so backwards, guys. It's so non-kingdom. And we have the potential to be just like James and John in our generation and just be so fixated on the, oh man, I, let me secure my position. Let me get my spot. Let me have my, let me have my time. And, and guys, you don't have a spot. You're not entitled to a position. <laughs> no time is, is, is about you. It's all about Jesus. It's all about us being obedient in our assignments. And our assignments evolve. They unfold. They blossom. But they start as a seed. And if you're wanting to hold the full orchard, then you better steward the seed. Did you get me on that? That's a word for some of you. That's not, that's not a planned word. That's the Lord right there. If you want to steward the orchard, the fruitful orchard, results of powerful ministry. If you want to experience the orchard, you better steward the seed. And the seed is not impressive. The seed gets buried. Jesus said, except a kernel, a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. So the idea is you bury the seed and then it will grow in time in the secret place, under the soil, in the darkness, in the hiddenness where nobody's applauding it. Then it grows. Then it will burst forth from the seedling bed and it will come forth under the surface and then it will grow taller. It will blossom and then it will bear fruit. But a lot of people, man, they want the pre-grown ministry. They want to inherit fruitfulness, and they haven't even stewarded the seed, and that's not Jesus. Some of you that are listening are in the seed stewarding season, and I want to applaud you. I want to encourage you. I want to tell you, you better keep after it. Come on now. Keep after it. Nobody's noticing. Nobody's seeing. Nobody's applauding. Nobody's thinking you're awesome. Nobody gets it, but your God is watching you. Your Father is watching you, and he's saying, keep going, child. Keep doing it. 
Keep pressing in, keep seeking, keep praying, keep fasting, keep waiting, keep being faithful in the small things. Keep saying yes where you can. When you cannot do the good that you would, do the good that you can. When you can't do the ministry you want to do, do the ministry you can do. When you can't do your dream, then get in on somebody else's dream and serve that dream for a little bit. You hear me on that? It's so important. When, when you've got this dream and this vision and it's not happening, you know, part of what God wants you to do is he wants you to, to, to prove yourself faithful to you, not to him. He already knows if you're faithful. He wants you to prove your faithfulness to him and to other, excuse me, to yourself and to others by serving with the same zeal, somebody else's vision, dream, ministry, goal, whatever you serve that with all of your heart and then you get your own. I spent years as um, an associate pastor, and I'll just be honest with you, they were hard years. I did not agree with my pastor in all things. He was a good man. He loved the Lord, but he was deeply flawed, as we all are. And um, he and I didn't see eye to eye philosophically on ministry. We disagreed about things in the kingdom. I was cut from a different cloth than him. He was very strong in areas where I was weak, and I may have been strong in areas where he was weak. But I knew one thing, that God had put him over me, and that I would salute his rank every single day. And while I disagreed with him, while I was frustrated with him, I was hurt by him at times. Most of the time, our relationship was good. But there were times where I'm like, God, please give me my own ministry. And the Lord, uh, for five years, said no. Five years, I served under a pastor that I didn't always see eye to eye with. But my job was to make his vision happen. My job was to serve him. My job was was to bury the seed of my vision, my dream, my calling, my ministry, any potential glory that I may have inordinately craved at that time, bury it, go low, get small, put it in the soil of humility, and let the Lord grow it. And of course, that's what God did. Five years later, I actually was made the pastor of the very church that he pastored. And when he moved on to a different place, um, I had my chance. And let me tell you, it came with a lot of groans. So we were talking like that was in 2002. So you do the math. You can see how many years ago that was. It was 2002 when I became lead pastor after from 97, really 96 to 2002. Um, I had been serving under somebody else's vision, somebody else's ministry. Listen, if you, if you can't be tested, you can't be trusted. That's true. If you can't be tested... In the waiting season, you can't be trusted. Why? Because leadership is not about you getting a throne of glory. Leadership is about you getting a basin and a towel and washing feet. It's about you saying to the Lord, I am so grateful I get to do anything for your glory. I'm so grateful that I have something to wait for. Instead of saying, why do I have to wait? You should say, God, thank you for giving me something big inside of me that I'm waiting for. Thank you that I have a vision. Thank you that I have a calling. Thank you that I am passionate. Thank you that I am stirred. Thank you, Lord, that there is something on the other side of this closed door that hasn't opened yet. But, Lord, it's going to open, so thank you. And until it opens, I'm just going to give you my best because you're worthy. And I'm going to serve others, Lord, when you're calling me to wait. And I'm going to prove that I'm zealous for your glory and not for my own. Whew, I'm feeling it today. And I hope you are too. Who, who is this landing with? Is this landing with you? If it's landing with you, it's because you have more passion than you do opportunity right now. And that's okay. I always live with way more passion 
then I have opportunity. I promise you that. Like right now, I am living with the passion of things that may not happen for five to 10 years. And I'm 50. I'm almost 51. And I'm sitting here thinking, I am I'm stirred. I'm literally right now, in the last five years, I'm walking in the things in my late, my mid to late 40s and early 50s, I'm walking in things now that I had a vision for when I was 28. And uh, I had to wait. And in the waiting, I grew. And in the waiting, I learned the heart of Jesus better. In the waiting, I got to, um, you know, renounce anything within me that wanted glory from man. In the waiting, I learned that if I never got my opportunity, God is still worthy of me giving my daily best. And if you're waiting right now and your passion is greater than your opportunities, that's awesome because the Lord hasn't taken your passion away. What the enemy wants to do is while you're waiting, he wants you to lose your passion. He wants you to be discouraged. He wants you to feel ripped off. He wants you to feel like somebody failed you because they didn't make it happen to you. He wants you to feel discouraged because you didn't get to sit at the right hand or the left hand of Jesus when mama said you would. (laughs) And so guys, listen, leadership is uh, really anything in the kingdom, but I'm really thinking of those with a passion to lead in the kingdom. Leadership is not about you getting your seat buckled in the throne of glory. (laughs) It really is about you learning how to serve and you learning how to wait. And while you're serving and you're waiting in something that's not exactly what you had envisioned or it's not consistent fully with your gifting and calling, as you're waiting and serving in that kind of atmosphere, are you still praising? Are you still worshiping? Are you still happy? Are you still content? Are you still joyful? Are you still grateful? I mean, are you still being able to say, God, thank you. You're awesome to me. My sins are forgiven. My name's written in the... Lamb's book of life, my destiny is secured through the blood of Jesus Christ. I am a child of God. That's my identity. And I am not what I used to be. And I'm becoming what I need to be. So those are a lot of thoughts on leadership. Just remember, Jesus said, crucifixion before resurrection. And then after crucifixion and resurrection, there will be glory. We're promised that we will be co-heirs with Jesus and we will rule and reign with him in glory. But until that happens, guys, some days are a grind. Some seasons are boring. Some moments break us and bring us to a place of greater surrender. And if you're in that season right now, don't you dare give up. You're made for this. Listen, my time's gone. I want to encourage you to go by transformingtruth.org. That's the umbrella ministry and website for Mavericks and Misfits. Um, if you've got ideas about future podcasts that you'd like me to consider, um, email me. Direct email comes straight to me, Jeff at maverickmisfit.com. That's right. You can email me. Give me your give me your ideas. Give me your feedback on what you've heard today. Uh, throw tomatoes at me verbally if you want to. I don't care. But uh, if you want to reach out, it's Jeff at maverickmisfit.com. Um, if you go to transformingtruth.org, um, that media ministry website, there's a lot of resources there that will help you in your faith. We have our YouTube channel, our Roku channel, Transforming Truth app. 
I'm just a firm believer in releasing as much gospel kingdom truth as you possibly can, and the hungry will eat as much as they want. And so if you are in a need, a season of need where you need God just to speak to you, I try my best to preach and teach the word of God and keep man's opinions out of it. I'm always pretty straightforward. I love people, but I love them so much that I don't want to, you know, just give them a load and just make them feel happy and awesome and sweet about themselves all the time. Good night, guys. We got enough of that. I'm just going to be one of those voices that challenges you because I believe in you. And I believe in the God who has called you and is using you. So, um, yeah, put on your steel toe boots, um, you know, lift your head up. But listen with an open heart and uh, recognize that he's got you. He knows what he's doing. And every now and then we just need somebody to light a fire on us. And if I've been able to do that today, I'm grateful. My time's gone. Love you guys. Keep tuning in to Mavericks and Misfits. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to today's Mavericks and Misfits podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review Mavericks and Misfits with Jeff Lyle on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps us reach more people and spread the unfiltered message of Jesus. And don't forget you can connect with Jeff's social media links at maverickmisfit.com. We look forward to reconnecting with you on our next episode.